Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to Being There Done That, Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us and listening to us either live to air, as a pre-record, or as a podcast. As a pre-pre-record. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or a post-pre-record. Don't worry about that, just glad you're listening, that's indeed. the main thing. Thank you indeed. Who are we? Well, I'm Chris. You're... I'm Phil. Oh, well, that must be Gordon then, down the yeah, end here. Yeah, that's good. Oh, and good. we are been there, done that. A little group of people who have been around probably many more years than we want to count up collectively. I'm, ple- I'm still pleased I'm still here, so don't worry about it. But we're not implying by that title that we've been to everything that we discussed or that we've done everything we've discussed. No, no. Because I personally have not dropped an atomic bomb. Haven't you? Oh, I've been accused of... Like that advert on the TV at the moment for people evacuating in a car. Oh, golly gosh. Too bad that car didn't have windows. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Some ads are just so stupid. (laughs) A warning sound for when you leave your child in the rear seat. Yes. How often do people do that? Oh, every summer. How many children have we lost? Every summer. Well, there are a few. You you can't put brains in monuments. Oh, that's a good expression. Hmm, happens. Our little radio program is about history, gay history, local history, international history, world history, because we've been there and done that to some extent. Yes. In lots of situations we have possibly... And history doesn't taken. start or isn't just confined to ancient history or last year. History is things that are happening at the moment. Like yesterday was history. What was... Yesterday's history. What? Oh, so, oh yeah, so it is. Got it, yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. famous history, just no, history. Well, there's a f- Not some yet. famous things happen. But, oh, you know. there's a few good things that happened on Saturday. Did they? Oh, a couple of footy matches were great. Oh, yes, yes. You, you, you're a Richmond supporter, are you? Oh, how did you guess? <laughs> just wondered. <laughs> you, you could see as, the bandwagon he's dragging. As a matter of fact, um, I went to the theatre on Saturday afternoon and saw Julius Caesar. And when I came out, there were all these football fans, all with their red and black uh, green and gold and black, I get the colours right in a minute, and black and white. And nobody had a happy look on their face. And I couldn't work out who'd won without sort of asking someone. I wasn't game to walk up to a Richmond player, a Richmond supporter, <laughs> and say, who won? You know, because I probably would have been a big smile then. But yeah. it was, they, they just sort of walked around and they, so nothing had happened. Isn't it nice to be part of the winning crowd? And isn't it sort of a little bit dispiriting to be part of the losing crowd? We, we do like the crowd influence. Excuse me, but I barrack for St Kilda, so I'm used to the losing crowd. Oh, yeah, but at <laughs> least if you're all together. Hmm. We've got our junior finals in the EFL, I think it is, Eastern Football League. Uh-huh. And I don't think Blackburn have made the finals, but you don't play at home anyway when you do. So we had these two 
foreign teams, and they would have been the under-14s or something like that. One team ran off the ground all smiles and the other were dragging their feet. Oh, yeah, I think that. I know who won. Well, that, yes. I watched the final day of the Tour de France as they were streaming around the Champs-Élysées. On their bicycles. On their bicycles, and they're being shaken to bits because of the cobblestones. Yeah. But uh, they, they, they never seem to worry. They don't look disappointed if they didn't win. The, the bicycle riders, oh, no, it's they're the so ex- happy to be in Paris and well, finished after three weeks of bloody torture. That's right. A few people fell by the wayside, oh, yeah. Yeah, a couple of crushed out, broken mm, limbs, mm, left, right and centre. They're happy to make the finish and they just can't wait for their drugs to wear off. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. 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 They're, oh. very, they're, they're very, very strong. And, and, of course, one of the riders was being very, very severely criticised because he had been picked up with a an overdose of um, some asthma medication in yeah. his system and uh, he was the he won the thing last night chris Froome. last year he won the, the the yellow jersey and is that the sound he makes when he rides past yeah from from and but he had twice as much in his system as other people that had been kicked out and the uh, general public public of uh, france weren't very happy about it no because no. he had too much he had some of their play riders had been kicked out for having half of what he had in it, but they let him go because he was. They were booing him and throwing stuff at him and all the rest of it. So yeah. Well, the other piece of history that we experienced over the weekend was the blood moon. Now that is the alignment of the Earth casting its shadow on the on the moon, moon. Mm-hmm. and Mars being in view behind everything at the same time. Mars was very, very bright, and in, it's called collusion. It's in collusion, collusion. with the, yeah, it's a, the the thing that they have. And I read in the paper, I'm not sure, I, I had to look at it twice, whether it was a misprint or not, but that's the first time since the year 792 Whoa. that that has actually happened. Well, we we've had blood, hadn't been there before and seen had, it last time. Yeah, we've had blood moons before. But this is the first time since 1792 that Mars was in conjunction because Mars has further to travel and around yeah. the sun than what yeah. we do. And it, it, it takes a, those... It's a year around the sun. It's a lot longer than the Earth's year. That's right, yeah. So, But then it's uh, it's amazing how they've been able to work out these statistics because... Well, the Eastern mystics... Well, they weren't mystics. They were, they were just... Mathematicians. Or, mathematicians, like the Persians and those sort of people... Um, and the Egyptians, they all knew what was going on in the stars. Also known as wise men. The wise men. The three foretellers w- of what is happening in the stars. Yes, yeah. yeah. But they, but the astrologists. Yeah, they were astronomers of the star people, and astrologers are the people that work out whether the, the, this sign works with you in conjunction with some other sign. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, but it's, uh, it was, it was interesting. I had a wonderful view. I was sitting on the uh, my front veranda eating my morning porridge and having a cup of tea while I was watching the moon, the blood moon. Yeah, it was oh, interesting. Yeah. Don't you get TV? Hmm? Don't you have TV at your place? <laughs> yeah, but they weren't showing it on the telly. I thought they may have, but they weren't. But um, it was just pleasant sitting out there. And it wasn't terribly cold either uh, on no, Friday no. the morning. It was quite pleasant, quite a pleasant morning to sit there. Now, but I just wonder how... Some people who have not been exposed, as it were, to modern science or even mystical science would have appreciated what was happening or what actually happens when the sun is eclipsed by the Earth's shadow and and all the birds jump into the trees and shut their tweeters for a couple couple of hours. When you go back into folk 
history, folklore and all the rest of it, they must have wondered what the hell was happening because there was the sun was sort of all of a sudden being um, taken out, you know. Yeah. It was, it, 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 there, was, there was no sun. What was happening, you but know. there would have been a, an associated god who did it. Oh, probably, yeah. But well, that's how you just explain things that we can't explain. But mm. they, yeah, but they wouldn't be very happy with the way that they, they would have thought that the birds weren't coming back and the f- crops weren't going to grow and all this yeah. sort of business, you know. I wonder how the Indigenous people of Australia registered these events. I don't think they probably worried too much about the stars, although they had names for the constellations, mm, mm. because their attachment was to the land. To the land, yeah, but they would have probably thought, well, this must be something natural um, and what happens, but there's so much mystique and all the rest of it you've read about what people thought about these um, actual happenings in the old days. And, of course, the religious people would come out and sort of say it was a sign from God that everybody wasn't behaving well or something rather well, stupid like that. whoever the God was. was yeah, I yeah. mean, the Aztecs quite often had various gods for various events and they were rather... Um, brutal in sacrificing people to them. Yeah, <laughs> yes. to, to change the events. Mm, so mm. if the didn't, people of were sort of, oh, we've got a little note here saying, oh, this happens every seven years. Mm. Uh, they could do their sacrifices and, and oh, look, it's come right. The, the yeah. sacrifices worked. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it's... it's, it's it, we're much more efficient now. We've just got one guy called God and he does everything. Does he really? Well, you get See, in the old days, they used to sort of send the jobs around like Pele in Hawaii. Mm. She's the fire goddess. Yeah, yeah. So she's responsible for volcanoes. Well, the Greeks all had their own goddesses for everything too. Yeah. So we've just sort of, you know, we done what the banks do. We've sacked all the gods and just got the top the gods guy. and put them into one, <laughs> one group. Yeah, yeah, Now, for those people who slept through uh, the blood moon, mm. will they get a chance to have another blood moon or an equivalent? 2022, I think I it is. I think there's going to be another moon eclipse, yeah, it, but I'm not sure whether it's a blood moon or just the eclipse. Yeah, I had a vague feeling that they said another blood moon in wow. that time. I'm not sure, but it's quite an amazing thing to see because you know you don't. I probably will never ever. Well, if, unless if there's one in 2022, I would hope to be here. Yeah, because it's only another four years away. But I don't think I'll ever see another one with Mars in conclu- collusion with the moon. <laughs> that yeah. be, that's another few centuries away. But the red comes from all the sunrises and sunsets That's right. on Earth, yeah. just giving it that red glow. But I have a vague feeling that nature was having a go at Mr. Trump. For his hair? No, because... They <laughs> Dealing with the reds. They didn't see it in America. Didn't they? No, no. Oh, they missed they out. They missed out. The Americas oh. missed out on this one. Yeah. Well, you've got to pay extra for that service. Yes, that's right. Yes, but, they're he, used but to he's, that. he's they've got he's got a blood moon face, hasn't he? Anyhow, so they they see that every day. Did you call him Moonface? Moonface, yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than being called Potato Head. Yeah, well, uh, that, that's one bit. of our own members. <laughs> yes, well, we've got Savage Garden. There, they're going to be singing about to the moon and back. Oh well, they've and, been that. Well, Mr. That's Musk been might do that for us as well. Just so long as you come back. She's Justify all the hurt inside Guess she knows From the smiles and the look in their eyes Everyone's got a theory About the bitter one They're saying Mama never loved her much And daddy never keeps in touch 
That's why she shies away from human affection. But somewhere in a private place, she packs back for outer space. And now she's waiting for the right kind of pilot to come. And she says to me, she says to You can find more Joycasts in show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. You're with Chris, Phil, and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy ninety four point nine. You're all tangled up there. Yes, I've got something sort of tangling round me neck, but it's all right. It won't stop me from talking. Nothing does. <laughs> Wet cement? No. No. You can talk. <laughs> mouthful under of that. marbles with a mouthful of water. <laughs> <laughs> I've opened up the anniversary book and I've noticed there's a couple of fellows who were quite important in the consciousness raising in the US way back in the 70s and 80s. We're talking about James Baldwin, born on the 2nd of August, 1924, and Randy Schultz, born on the 8th of August, 1951. And they were both focusing on the gay circumstances, the yeah. situation they were holding a light out to those who were groping around in the darkness, yeah. if I can call it that. Well, see, James Baldwin, Baldwin was an African-American who lived a lot of time in Paris, and he was an author of some very, very good books. His most uh, known book would be Giovanni's Room, which I read when I think I was about 18 or something or other, way back when, a long time ago. And it was a, a startling book to read about somebody that was gay uh, in Paris. Well, know, and, it, and he was uh, he was a forerunner in a lot of ways for American writers, uh, uh, black American writers. He he must have won the bingo getting both being gay and black in the U.S. Oh yeah, well the, no wonder he moved to Paris. Yeah, well a lot of a lot of African Americans did move to Paris because they that was where they were accepted. You know, they weren't accepted in their own country. And why were they accepted? Because the French had already had exposure to... The French, French Guiana and the African continent and all the rest of it, yes. So to them, it was was their normal. Oh, yeah. When I was in Paris in 1976, there was quite a lot of French Africans. They come from Morocco and all those different places where the French were. Mozambique. Mozambique. James Baldwin is, is held in very high esteem in American literary circles. Because of his uh, of his writing at the time, mm. I suppose in one way, him writing his books in France would have meant that he was above any controlling influences of the U.S. publishers, oh, yes, or censors, mm, mm, or mm. even society in general. Chris, I had to buy it at a little bookshop, and it was put in a brown paper bag. Oh no. One and I couldn't couldn't walk out of it with just in my hand because it was this book written by this black man, you wow. know. And I thought, oh god, help us, you know. But that's that's the only way I ever got to read some of these books from in that era. I'm talking in the 50s, of course. And um you had to go this little bookshop round a little side street in in Perth. Mm. Used to go down there and I'd say what's in currently, you know, he knew me after a little while and he'd say, "Oh, this one's very good." Da da da. Okay, I'd buy that and I'd read it. Yeah. No, I've got another theory. What's that? If you were about 18 
books would have been brand new and they put it in the brown paper bag to protect it. Well, possibly. Books hadn't been around that long. Oh, oh no. Stop. <laughs> so long ago. They had been around for a long time, yeah. But but it was the only way you, we could get to read those sort of books in those days. Like The Well of Loneliness from Radcliffe Hall yeah. was another book I had to have in a paper, brown paper bag as well. But one of the other <laughs> things that happened was the rise of newspapers as a social influencing medium. Oh, that's right, yes. And they well, well, and that's where Randy Schultz comes in mm. because he was a US journalist and author and he was on the newspapers in San Francisco and he was sort of around the time of the consciousness raising of the 70s. And was, yeah. Chris, Christopher Street in New York and all these other events, the gay pride rising. And he was able to list these he was he was a chronicler exactly thank you very much chronicler that's That's like writing a diary but he was showing the events of the day Mm. of the town yes and okay it might have been newspaper that wrapped the rubbish up the next day but at least it was out there in print and it wasn't just murmurings in the street no that's true he he actually wrote for the advocate which is a gay magazine which is still in publication you can still get that and he also wrote for the San Francisco Chronicle as well as the San Francisco Bay Area television station. So he was he was had a lot of thing with, with his writings. He, could, he, he covered a lot of um, scope with his medium. But the Bay Area was, and still is, a, a gay mecca. So he was on topic. If he'd been in Iowa, we wouldn't know his name. Probably not. But no. he wasn't born there. He, was, he moved there, of course. He Everybody was, moves to San Francisco. Yeah. But he also, as well as being a journalist on newspapers, he wrote three best-selling, widely acclaimed books. <coughs> uh, one of them was uh, The Mayor of Castro Street, The Life and Times of Harvey Milk. And the band played on. Was That's politics, in, people and the AIDS epidemic. That was played and turned into a movie. The band yeah. played on. Yeah. And... Uh, he, he he was he was as Phil just said he was on topic and he wasn't able, he wasn't diverted from that and it was only the advent of AIDS that yeah. actually took him out. Yeah, he had a test and he wouldn't get the results of it. I didn't want to know about it. No, and well, because he was chronicling, he was actually talking about and illustrating the onset and the unfolding of the de- of story the, of the disease of and the its epidemic. medical, yeah. social and political ramific- yeah. ramifications. But that, that was, and the band played on, Yeah, which he didn't, he finished writing that he didn't want to be influenced by his test results. He was, uh, he was sadly missed, of course, but um, so were a lot of other people during that early period of the uh, start of the AIDS epidemic that, that lost so many talented, wonderful people because of it. Randy Schultz will always be remembered. But yeah. as they're fading into history, we, the current people looking standing around, we're facing another change of the way the story is transmitted or passed on. Um, we've got... Modern TV with the 22nd grab, oh, 20 yeah. seconds 20 grab. seconds of nothing usually, just yeah. somebody spouting off something. Yeah. 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 And we've got social media. Which is, to me, just a pain in the backside, really, social media, because it really is. The internet has long been considered to be the wild, wild west. There are no laws, there are no conventions, mm. and it sees that as an advantage. But now we have, well, it's not a new term, but it's regurgitated as fake news. So anybody can go online and say anything. And it's like if you used to read it in a newspaper, you could consider it true. Now, if you read it online, 
people just automatically consider it well, true. Well, I think, I think the Donald's made that famous, hasn't he? Everything was fake news, according to him. Well, fake news is anything that he disagrees with, which is most things. Most things, yeah. And basically, well, Facebook are now trying to clean up their act. Well, they've, but they've taken billions of messages or something other off their well, website, that, haven't they? Well, that's because their little Boy Scout leader came out and said, this is going to affect our bottom line. Mm. And mm. the shareholders said, oh, I don't want to hear that. No, <laughs> ran away. They, they ran away from it with $189 billion worth of losses or something or other. So, But it's it's... I think those sort of things have sort of taken over. I was watching a woman coming across the coming across Flinders Street towards the railway station this morning. She was just glued to her phone in her hand. She was yeah. not looking where she was going or anything. And she just missed a dirty great big hole in the middle of the road. I saw it and stepped over it, but it was a bit of sunken that the pavement yeah. had sunk. She had to put her foot in there. She was flat in the face. There are two words to describe that. What's that? Natural selection. (laughs) (laughs) In 20 years, we won't be talking about Facebook. It will have gone. And most of the people who are using Facebook now will fall down that hole. They just don't look where they're going and all the rest of it. I've just stood there and I wasn't going to get out of her way. But she sensed that I was there, so she sort of just moved past me. You know the latest theme that they're starting to promote for holidays Mm. is blackout zone. Yeah, go off the grid. Off the grid, exactly. Ah. And the first couple of days, people are really itching and scratching. What can... uh, uh, uh. But then they start to realise what modern medium has got around their throat in Mm. normal Mm. situations. Mm. And they appreciate their holiday. It it is an addiction, though. But you don't need it. I think the World Health Organisation have called it an addiction, haven't they? They've said that there's an addiction to... Um, social well, to, media to screens to screens and things yeah and it's an, an enormous time waster I don't know we hear all these stories about productivity you give everybody a computer on their desk they're not going to do eight hours of work they do four hours of Facebook bit of Twitter <laughs> yeah. read their email but they uh, have but lunch we, yeah well but, as Tegan and Sarah say closer closer get closer these are two to your friends these, so you don't need all those Facebook friends just get closer to your actual real friends, not your imaginary ones. This Joy program has a podcast and you can subscribe to it at joy.org.au. Yes, indeed. We would love to be with you wherever you go. You can take us with you because our shows are posted. I post them up on the the web uh, um, almost Within 24 hours of this going to air. Oh, you're clever. Oh, well, I didn't realise you're such a pretty face, too. I didn't realise you were so talented. (laughs) Well, Ben-Hur had a cast of thousands. Mm. We have a podcast of thousands. Well, well, we've got quite a few up there anyway. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So wherever you get your podcasts from whichever service, we are there. We are there, yes. So take us with you wherever you go. As are most of the Joy specialty programs. Hmm. Mm. So you don't have to sit and listen by your radio. You can just listen to anything you want. But I, I don't have time to listen to podcasts. That's the but only But you trouble. could be walking along the street with your device playing in your ear. Yeah, but I'd have you to... just got to watch out for potholes. Yes, that's right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I, but I would be having to listen at around about 6 o'clock in the morning when I'm going for my walk. Well, that's all right. What, what uh, annoys me... Uh, out of frustration is when I see young mums walking their new bubs along mm. in the pusher mm. 
Well, and the baby is facing the mother, so for eye contact, Mm -hmm. and so the mum can make all these gurgling noises to the baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what's the mum doing? Working on her phone. Exactly. Mm. That must be a city thing, because out in Blackburn, I've got my my little girlfriend who's six months old now, little Mia. Her mum and her dad walk her at the park with her brother, the, the Westie. (laughs) <laughs> and she's she's gone from being a little baby to now where she's like somebody switched on the animation button. Mm-hmm. So she'll react to your facial expressions and she'll grab your finger. And um, just this weekend, she grabbed my finger with both hands. So she, it's just amazing to see the the progress. Yeah. And she's turning into a little person. It's so, wonderful. It's wonderful to see. And she, they're doing that without headphones. Oh, good. That's good. Lovely. Yeah. Mm. And I'm not going to leave the men out, but because I find sometimes when they're walking the kid in the pusher mm. or pram, Pramulator. they they don't actually talk to the kid. No, they should. Too busy talking footy or something on the well, phone. No, mm. no, no, no. They just should be talking all the time. Oh, there's a birdie. There's a flower. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's that car coming? This, this, da, this, da, da. this advice, of course, is coming from three men that have never had children. <laughs> oh, I've had them up to here. <laughs> I'm an uncle. I had the power of handing them back. I have, yes, I'm an uncle too, <laughs> and a great uncle. What are you, Chris? Are you an uncle or a great uncle? I'm just an average uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hit below the belt. Thank you, Gordon. That's most unkind. <laughs> I'm was, allowed I, to have an opinion. Yes, you are, but I put us, the three of us in. Don't worry, because we've all sort of in, entered into the conversation. <laughs> yes. Who better to criticise than people who are childless? Yeah. Yeah. And gay men at that. Gay but, men at that, yeah. Uh, but I think we can identify you know things that... Yeah, we know what they should should, should look be, like. What, what we remember is when we were growing up, yeah. how we were treated, you see, and how, how, how much the world has changed apropos of our last subject of media and phones and all the rest of it. But the great pity is we don't remember that age where you're pushed around, lying on your back, you're fed whenever you cry. It would be heaven. I would love somebody to wheel me around and just feed me whenever I cried. (laughs) I I think they're a little bit worried about changing the nappy. The nappy, that's the (laughs) problem. Well, maybe I could do that myself. <laughs> oh golly gosh! But that, look, that. it's human nature, and oh. I, as I expressed it after I'd seen Julius Caesar on Saturday, I was having a discussion, and I said we may have become more intelligent, but human nature has never changed. Nature itself nature. is changing. Oh no, no, no! It's not according no. to the the people in our power. Oh, you know the people up in our parliament. There's no change in the weather. Uh-oh. Like we've got a drought going in in Queensland where they haven't had rain for years and they're, they're hand-feeding the stock. The little girl of 13 was driving the truck in the television yeah. last night so she could drag the big bale of hay over to the edge of the, of the thing and she couldn't go too fast, otherwise the thing would have gone the wrong way. Oh. And 13, in the, in the dark, I might add, and yeah. there's the children out there helping their parents to feed the stock. Nobody's taking any notice of this, you know. Or that, well, there are a lot of people that are, well, but the people in power are not. Eighteen-month child hadn't seen rain before. Mm, that's right, and she was dancing in the rain. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, mummy, yeah. mummy, what's this wetness? What, what's this wetness? <laughs> We're talking about the weather and what's happening in the northern hemisphere is absolutely unbelievable. There was it was explained very well on the ABC this morning when I was um, watching it. Yes, hope uh, nothing gets lost in translation. No, no, and they, they there's a there's an Arctic wave that go, that comes down in a great big wave that sort of covers 
It came down through Asia, across the Pacific, and up through America and Canada, and then came up to the Arctic Circle, then and then down again and through Europe. And what this, what the man was explaining was that because of this thermal current or whatever it is, it's stopping any cool change from getting in to the areas that are being um, burnt to death over the basically wow. over there. You know, well, there's the uh, fires uh, in. It, well, California, California again. yeah. Well, uh, there's fires, forest fires in Scandinavia. That's right. Yeah. Now, yeah. when and did that Greece, last happen? And it, Greece is burning. Oh. It was beautifully explained, and he had the whole of it out on a map, a flattened out map of the Earth, you know, so you could see where the actual wave was going. But if it happens during the winter time, you usually get freezing bloody cold. Because I was in Canada in the middle of one of those, and it was. Um, snowing in on Vancouver Island, which they'd never had before, and all this sort of thing was happening. So, well, they're almost talking about the Antar- the Arctic Sea being open for sea traffic. Mm. That's the mm. sea north of yep. Russia, of the Asian landmass that is normally snowed in and iced in. Mm. Well, it's the same. In, it's it's probably, melting. Probably the same up in northern Canada, where you could, where they tried to get the Northwest Passage for all those years, you know. Yeah. And it's so it's probably that they could probably get through now. But it's it, they've got it. And this man was talking. He said, "Look, we've got to do something about this because this is." Um, we, we, they're talking about the what you'd have to do by 2030 or something or other. He said, we've got to do it before then, you know. Uh, they're finding out in UK that their houses are too well insulated mm. and they can't open them up. They can't cool them. Nope. People are really being concerned about yeah, yeah. heat stroke. Mm. And I think last time there was a super hot spell, there was over tw- over a thousand people died mm. from heat-related yep. stress. Well, the thirty-eight degrees or something or other is in in London or one of the one of the counties in 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 yeah. Britain, and it's, that is very very hot for them. They wouldn't they they never have that sort of weather. But it's just it's um, something's got to be done. And we're water wise. And heat-wise and slip-slop-slap-wise, mm. but they've never had to worry about this. I mean, hose pipes have been banned. Well, they closed the canals. One of the shipping, one of the canals where people were, uh, one of the busiest canals with the canal boats in it, they've had to close it. There's not enough water for the boats to go. Ooh. So there you go. Dragging their bop. Bottoms. bottoms on the base. Why don't they just switch on their air conditioners like we do? <laughs> oh. I don't think many of them have to rely on air conditioners in Britain. That's the thing because it's a good day to be selling them. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but it's a, they were showed they were showing some golf courses. Everything else was completely brown, and the, the yeah. putting greens were the only bits of green that you could see. And, and they're fretting now. Mm. No, I'm not joking about this, and I'm not wishing to sound as I'm joking, but they now have started to realise how Australia goes through <coughs> our summits of the wide brown land. And they're turning brown, and their grass mm. is not going to come back at the first rain. It's going to take a long time, months to come back. Yeah, so uh, they're going to be stuck with brown. I'm, for I'm a just while wondering as what well. would happen to their forests that they have over there, all their beautiful green forests. They must be the trees must be suffering. But then, um, watching the uh, last day of the Tour de France, they were with the helicopter going across Paris. The, everything was beautiful and green in Paris, 
absolutely stunning. Yeah. You know, they whether, don't have half flush toilets. They, yeah, but they didn't have. Um, they they had haven't had much rain at all no. during the uh, the three weeks of the tour this no. this year. I, I when I go to Paris, I'm always surprised at the men out sweeping the gutters with their straw brooms, mm. or plastic straw. Yeah. But it's the what I'll call the witch's broom, but. Every so often there's a fire hydrant and they'll open that and the water will come gushing out along the street, along the gutters mm, and they'll them wash all the everythings mm. into the sewer system or the water system. They are so free with the water. Yeah. But, but, but they were... They were Photographing from the air the different rivers that are where they were going, riding their bikes around. The, the rivers seemed to be full of water in France, just full of water. The Seine was up, and there was other rivers that they were crossing, and just absolutely beautiful. And it's the, probably the greatest travelogue you've ever wanted to see. That that bike well, race it really what makes you want to go to have a look at Paris. Well, Vanessa Amorosi was talking about the sun shining. Oh, right. in her little song, and mm. uh, perhaps that was uh, yeah. Righto, let's have some sunshine. You're on Joy 94.9. Chris Gordon and Phil. Listening to a Joycast from GLB TIQ Community Radio Station Joy ninety four point nine. You're the fool, Chris and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy ninety four point nine. Thanks for being with us. Are you a geek? No, I don't think I am. I've gone past being a geek. I'm I'm just an old guy that just doesn't like too much of the um, new stuff. New stuff. Phil, are you a geek? I'm probably more a nerd. Oh, all right. Then. Oh, which is, I think, a tec- technically based geek. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, do do you think that is discriminatory terminology? It's depends. It's this is a complicated area. Yeah. If you're a nerd or a geek, you can call your friends nerds and geeks. Yeah. But there are other people qualified to do so. Would it be a word that it would be depending how you said it? The context, of course. In the context. So it, I, I guess it would depend in the way it was said to you. But I think geeks probably got that name. Um, Where did for people it come from? In, well, I know it as an American term, mm. but it would describe certain lanky boys going through puberty. Ah. They've had their growth spurt. 
Oh, yes. And they're not too sure how big their feet are and they trip over a lot. And well, I'm, I would never be a geek at my height. <laughs> well, see, some of us were had our growth spurts stolen from us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly gosh. But there's one bloke that yeah, was a I mean, geek. The, I, mean, I was going to say, a lot of these guys, and uh, are they geek girls, by the way? Or could be. I would don't be. No. Oh, well, maybe Amy from Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah, mm. but. That's Tall it. and lean and streaky and different. No, uh, but she's geeky in behaviour. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, then. Right. Well, nowadays, of course, there's a name for this sort of uh, development, as you've just explained to us, Phil. But back in uh, the last century, people would have just been thought of as odd hmm. and they wouldn't have probably had a name for it. Uh, I'm talking about a person, Hans Christian Andersen, born in 1805 and died in 1875 on the 4th of August. He was a rather oversensitive student and exceptionally tall, almost ungainly, Mm -hmm. with an enormous nose that marred his looks. His feet and arms and legs were disproportionately large for his frame. In his later fairy tales, a common theme, because Hans Christian Andersen was his, he was the author. A common theme was that the ugly physical appearance of the hero often concealed great inner beauty, not mm. revealed until after a series of misfortunes. One would have thought that he's writing about himself. Then, well, one? you could have thought that. Um, what what were a couple of his books that we might have known? Uh, oh, the Ugly Duckling oh, yes, and The Little yeah. Mermaid. He wrote some wonderful, wonderful stories, but they were always, as you say, they were always had something wrong with the, the hero or the heroine. Yeah. But they came good in the end because they were so gorgeous inside sort of thing, which yeah. is what you're saying. But the sound of what we know about Hans Christian Andersen, it sounds as though he had that, uh, what is that, Marfan's disease? Well, he could have. Which is where the people grow with, they have long, elongated arms and legs, and they are very usually very slim. They're not, they don't put on any weight at all. You and, know. Well, he would have thought he was the only... Yeah, he may he have been. In the village. May have been the only bloke that around that was like yeah, that. Yeah, so know, because now it's not we've a, got greater ways of detecting where this occurs in the general population. Something like my health would have been a wonderful application for everybody to subscribe to back in the old but days. Then, but then again, if you if you if you come from a country like the Sudan, where everybody is that tall and skinny, oh, yeah. you know, they are really tall. And they have long arms and legs, and they would make great basketballers or football players. Well, look, they do. look at Magic Door from exactly. uh, North Melbourne, you know, <laughs> and and it's it's just one of those things. But that they are a race that is their characteristic, I suppose. Yeah. That is this very so tall. In talking about authors earlier, we're talking about Hans Christian Andersen, the author of many fairy tales. But I don't know that they've very well been. Disney-fied, because that's where a lot of the fairy tales seem to Finish change. Up. Well, they mm. come through the the the, uh, the system, mm. and they pop out the other end, and they're quite different from when they went in. Yeah, but uh, you've also got to remember that a lot of fairy tales were pretty grim things, pretty grim stories, and that most of those were written by the Grimm brothers, of course, but it was uh, it, they, they, they were never had much going for them to start with, you know, and then gradually the story evolves and you, you come back. Any of the fairy tale writers uh, adapted their stories to suit the occasion, mm. and I think they were—they might have started out as you were suggesting as the horror stories to to scare kids into being good, 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. then when they sussed out that they didn't really work, oh, mm-hmm. we've got to change the tune mm-hmm. a little bit. We'll make them more grim, but have a, a hook at the end to uh, say good can come from evil. Yeah, but, but it's also the same with nursery rhymes that we learnt as children. A lot of nursery rhymes are derogatory statements about people in power. They were written and put out in pamphlets. But they're sort of dark pieces of history. Yes. Oh, yes. And disease. and. Which one yeah. are you thinking of? Uh, well, ring a ring a rosy? Yeah. And well, Jack and Jill had some... Smallpox was ring a ring a rosy, yeah. wasn't it? Mm. Humpty Dumpty was just about somebody who dropped eggs, I think. But no, no, no. That was about <laughs> one of the kings at the time. He was a bit of an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but getting back to hands, mm. he had a high-pitched voice, effeminate mannerisms, and once his trousers were pulled down when his other workers suspected him of being a girl. Oh. That would be quite... Um, you wouldn't do that these days. You'd be had up for sexual assault, well, wouldn't you? Well, yes, but... <laughs> but he might my, have enjoyed it. <laughs> but my, how the times have changed. Yeah, so right. This is where education and keeping the story applicable to a whole generation or a whole population mm. allows the story to carry some strength and we we had that opportunity here in Australia uh, the beginning of the AIDS epidemic where the government accepted that we've got to do something about this particular crisis and they all Labor, Liberal and all the other political parties recognised that it was not a political football to be kicked around, it was something that had to be addressed, no was, matter what your politics were. It was still a blessing that it was the, the Labor Party that were in power at the time. Exactly, but now we've got now a we've new got, generation hmm. and we've got safe schools <laughs> or support for those people hmm. that don't fit the regular concept yeah, of... Yeah, but there's still a lot of um, right-wing... Um, people that oh. don't want to have yeah. anything to do with it. You know, they'd say it's wrong to be trying to educate children that to be a little bit different is quite normal. Yeah. You know? Well, in the UK, and uh, I, I think we pick up a lot of what they do, but they've already established uh, an alteration to their curriculum that LGBT sex education is to be taught in England, including in faith schools. Oh, well, yeah. But it... it it's sort no. of a, a guidance education yeah. rather than I think giving be some, a balanced view. Yeah, I think there'd be some faith schools that wouldn't be doing it if they were if they were um, because the schools are still apparently responsible for the message that they give out. Mm, so yeah. whilst the seeds are being planted, uh, there seems to be an opportunity that uh, a non-positive mm. story or message about being LGBT might be coming out of the schoolrooms. You wouldn't be able to do it in a in a school that was a possibly a mm. Muslim school or one of those because they just do not agree with that at all. But you've got to also remember that the, that's the age of the, the generation that needs to be taught the stories <sighs> yeah. so they don't get the wrong story taught mm, to them mm. because, well, sex is enjoyable but also it's an opportunity for STIs and other sexually transmitted mm, mm. infections. So HPV is a situation that has to be managed by vaccination. Life is a learning process and sooner mm. the sooner the better for some stories. Yep, but there are certainly some countries that will take a long time to get anything like that into them. Yeah. We just need to, to teach younger people that people different to themselves are normal. Difference yeah. is normal. And I can tell from my own experience, a lot of boys have sex with boys before they have sex with girls. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, and that's perfectly normal. This is how it works? Oh, okay then. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much for teaching me. Now I'll go and do my own Do what thing. I want to do. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that may be. You're listening to Been There, Done That on Joy 94.9.
well, we're going to have a little tune to go out with. It's mm-hmm. going to be the Spice Girls spicing up our life. Oh, because but, there was a vicious rumour that they were going to be reformed or something, right? Oh, that, they? that keeps popping up that every couple of years. pops up every now and again, and yeah, but I think... I see it more of a threat than a rumour. <laughs> <laughs> but posh being posh is... See, oh, yeah. She won't be seen. Well, she no. didn't do anything when she was in the group, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, you're cruel. All right, we'd better say goodbye then, hadn't we? Okay, cheerio for now. Bye. Farewell. See you next week. Adios. Au revoir. Au revoir. Bye for now. Service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Australia's only LGBTI radio station, Joy. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.